All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Host Nora McInerney is back for season two of The Head Start, Embracing the Journey, a podcast from Ruby Studio and AbbVie. In each episode, Nora has real conversations with real people living with chronic migraine to see how they took action to understand this disease. So jump into the conversation for season two, a show that creates a little more space for empathy and understanding in such a complicated world. There shouldn't be so much hesitation around asking questions and asking for help. So don't wait. Join the Head Start Embracing the Journey and learn a little more about life with chronic migraine. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful thing. Laugh a little more thing. Tight, tighten up your core thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thanks for checking out the podcast today and today's episode. I hope y'all are having a great week. For the first thing today, I get into just something that I've been struggling with lately and I need your help with. So Chase joins me for that thing. And I'll just tell you that this whole episode covers a lot of gratitude and joy and positivity, especially with the guests that I have on. I have my friend Brittany Spencer back on, but this time she is with her grandma and they're just sharing their conversation with us. I had Brittany sit down with her grandma and talk about the inspiration that she's been to her and how she's had such a positive impact and her outlook on life. And I just feel like there is such richness in having a conversation with someone like a grandma. And Brittany's just the coolest. I hope you all can check her out on Instagram at Brittany Spencer and download her song Compassion because it is just so good. And we need compassion everywhere in the world right now, even compassion with ourselves. My 
my friend Lisa at the Wellness Necessities is on for the third thing. And we're going to talk about negative Nancy and how powerful our thoughts are and how we need to kind of say goodbye to the negative Nancy part of our thoughts. And for the fourth thing, I've got Morgan number two on from the Bobby Bone Show. Super excited to have her on the podcast and get her perspective as a young 26-year-old single lives alone trying to navigate pandemic and what she's doing in her life to make sure that she's continuing to do things that make her happy and bring her joy. So yeah, that's the theme of today's episode. I just want to say thank you to anyone and everyone that bought a calm down tea for Stevenson's birthday. We're able to make a big impact to the orphanage in Haiti because of your support. So thank you very much. I just appreciate y'all so, so much. All right, here's today's episode. First thing. Okay, so for the first thing, I've got Chase on, and we're going to talk about accountability partners because I started to wonder if accountability partners really work. And I know that I need to get back into the groove of practicing gratitude, which is ironic because Mary and I came up with a gratitude journal for this very thing of four things gratitude journal. So simple. We were intimidated by journaling. So we thought, well, we can practice gratitude. We can write things down if we just make this simple journal. And we did it. And we did a gratitude challenge and it was so awesome. And I was held accountable by you guys listening, our community, by Mary, Shop Espoir people. We were all in it together. And I have slowly but surely done it less and less. I don't do it every day and I'm admitting that right now, but I want to get back on the gratitude course because I keep seeing everywhere I turn how amazing it is and I do want to experience true joy. Just to be honest, like there's just a lot going on in my life. I don't like being totally I don't want to call it fake, but there's some things I'm just not, that are not for public, right? So I'm not going to come on here and talk about things, but I feel like I can be a little bit genuine and feel safe enough to say that we never know what's going on in anybody's life on any given day. I'll just say that for everybody. And I feel like as though right now I'm having to put on a tough front a lot of the days. And Chase knows a little bit about that. And I'm not saying it for you to feel any particular way about me, but only so that you can know that I understand fully that you guys might be going through a lot and you may need that encouragement and accountability to make sure that you're taking time for yourself to do the right thing, to keep your body, brain, mind, soul, everything mentally healthy. And I think that gratitude is such a simple thing that can really deliver such positive results and and true joy. So Back to accountability partners. I didn't know if it really mattered, but I just type into Google, do accountability partners work? And it said here, even though most people avoid it, accountability works. It really works. Actually, if you do not measure and report your progress, then you're probably not making much progress at all. However, having a specific accountability partner increases your chance of success to 95%. So I am here proclaiming that I am going to get back into the groove of gratitude because I need that. I need to take note of the things that I am thankful for so I don't get stuck in the other stuff. And I hope that y'all will be my accountability partners. I know that Mary will be in on it. Maybe she'll bust out her journal with me too. She's probably better at me keeping up with it than I am. Chase, 
Are you in? I'm in. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm always in. I know. I, got, I get you on here to just make sure you commit to being in with us. But I feel like we can all do this together. And really, I, speaking of Google, started looking up activities to be joyful or activities that create joy. And there's all these different suggestions that pop up from various websites. And most of them, the first thing it starts with is have a good gratitude practice. This one website in particular is called lifehack.org, which I don't think that you can like hack your way to joy by any means, but I was going to share with you all different things that could possibly make you happy and help you enjoy life more. But again, just like a lot of the other places, starts off with gratitude. It says, start with a good dose of gratitude. Make sure you're giving back. Laugh every day. Foster good relationships with family and friends. Spend time alone. Oh, I love that one. Do what you love. Volunteer your time. Get enough exercise. So you may not be able to check off all of those things. But the gratitude thing, if you, especially if you have one of our journals, bust it out. If you don't have one of ours, get out a piece of paper or any old notebook and start writing down four things that you're thankful for. Type it into your phone. I am here to be your accountability partner, each and every one of you. And Chase and I were talking before we started recording. You know, when it says here, one of the suggestions was laugh every day. And I know, Chase, you were telling me that you've started watching Golden Girls or something. <laughs> I just discovered the Golden Girls, yeah. Which I think is amazing and is a great reminder to me that I need to probably watch me some Golden Girls because I love that show. I used to watch Friends on Netflix to make me laugh because it's hilarious to me, but Netflix took it away and now it's on HBO Max, which is something I'm not thankful for because I don't have HBO Max. But I am thankful for The Office that's still on Netflix and makes me laugh. And I do love me some Golden Girls. So I need to make sure that I, I bust that out. That's some like good, solid, healthy humor that is so opposite of negativity. You bet. I picked up my journal a week ago just because I was kind of in a slump. And I feel like I'm someone who constantly is reflecting on things I'm grateful for, but there really is like power in writing it down and looking at it and seeing it in front of you. And also on days you might really be struggling to even like flip back a few pages and see all the things that you've been blessed with before. And so, so I just encourage people because sometimes I, I was someone who thought, well, me just recognizing that gratitude and thinking that to myself was enough, but there really is value in writing it down and reflecting on it. I know. And I've got to figure out what do I go back to Instagram posting every day so that y'all, we can be in accountability with each other. And y'all were, y'all were doing it too and posting using hashtag four things gratitude or at radio Amy. That's my Instagram or at shop Espoir. I run that account too. So I don't know what this is going to look like, but I see 95% better results when I see that on Google. We got to do this. Like we have to, I need it. I'm sure a lot of you out there listening need it. And I know we've done a lot of different episodes with things that talk about this very thing, but it's that important. I just thought we'd come on and address it, but with a twist of accountability. And maybe the online community is not that. Maybe it's that you call a friend like Chase here. I know that now he's going to hold me accountable and I'll do the same for you, Chase. But maybe it's that you send your friend a text like Chase, I should maybe text you like, hey, have you watched Golden Girls lately? As a, a nudge, a reminder. <laughs> 
reminder to do that. And then you can watch yeah. it and then go to your gratitude journal and say, I'm thankful for Golden Girls. And another thing you'd be thankful for is that I texted you to remind you to watch it. I mean, see how easy this is to just start to recognize yep. the little things? <laughs> the little things add up. They do. And, you know, sometimes there might be really big things that are obviously so amazing. But, you know, I think that it's the the little things that you'll look back on and they can have a pretty big impact as well. And that was honestly Mary and I's goal and wanting to start to keep track is that we could look back, take in all the different things we were thankful for in that particular journal or whatever you're writing your stuff down in. So let's do it. Accountability, whatever it is that you're trying to do. Maybe you got the gratitude thing down, you don't need my help. Maybe it's something else that you want to do and do well and succeed at. Find yourself an accountability partner because I think it's important. Second thing. Hi, <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, for doing this. I feel like I've been interviewing you for years and uh, and now we get to do a podcast together. So that's really fun. All right. OK, Grandma, something I haven't told you is that, you know how we talk on the phone quite a bit. A lot of times I record our conversations sometimes. I figured you did. Because <laughs> so I want to over them and hear them again. I need yeah. the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Grandma, I've been doing that for years. I feel like you always give me so much wisdom and so much encouragement. Um, and I feel like you see things about myself that I don't see. Um, okay. And so, and I'm always, I'm always grateful for that. And so sometimes I just want to hear them again. All it's... right, that sounds good to me. I know why you did it. You never had to tell me this. I always suspected you did, so that you could listen to them over. Because I could tell sometimes you said, "Wait a minute, uh, hold on a minute." I want them to hear clearly what you're saying. So you know, it just kind of popped in my mind a couple of times. But I'm okay with it because I wouldn't say anything online that I wouldn't say to your face. <laughs> That's how I am, Grandma. I ain't gonna say nothing about somebody behind their back online that I wouldn't say to their face. That's um, right. Well, Grandma, you are um, you are a very faith filled person, and you have um, you have a lot of joy. I know I know quite a bit about your life story, just the things that you've shared with me over the years, and um, just the idea that you find a way to maintain joy is always. Um, it's, it's the most beautiful thing I've seen. There was a story you were telling me about the other day when uh, I asked you, I said, Grandma, how do you maintain joy? And you told me the story about, um, or you told me that in order to, for you to keep joy, you do the things that you actually want to do. And you told me about a story um, of the first time you realized you didn't know what you wanted. Do you do you feel okay to share that? Well, yes, that that was during a time when uh, all the kids had gotten grown. My whole life was in taking care of my brothers and sisters. My mother, I was the oldest of seven. I did all the cooking and my parents' work. I did the washing. I was always in the caretaker position. Mm-hmm. I got married. I just want a husband to be loved and have children. That was my only goal because I, that's what was in me, to take care, to cook and, and help people. But all life changes and people change their minds and through the struggles. So one day they all got grown and they all were gone from home. And I was so excited to have my house to myself. I didn't have to worry about cleaning up behind nobody. I could go to the market and get what I want to eat. Oh, I was just so happy. I went to the market, got inside the market door on the floor, just looked around all 
the counters and the cupboards and the rows of food. And I stopped and I realized that I didn't know what I wanted to eat. I didn't know what I liked. I cook hamburgers and gravy and mashed potatoes and green beans. I fried chicken, make macaroni, chicken, collard green, cornbread, homemade rolls, all of that. And I realized I ain't like the food that I had fixed for my kids all those years. I mm. missed. Wasn't that it was nothing wrong with it. It was good. But I didn't like that kind of cooking. And I didn't know that. So I stood there not realizing what I wanted. I started to cry. I went to the aisle and got my toilet paper. I knew my household stuff and got in the car. And I sat and I cried a while. And I realized what had happened to me down through the years. I had gave all of me away. Mm. I had gave mothers, wife, sister, cousin, uh, 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 grandma, all of me was gone. And I was crying. I said, Lord, when did I lose Mary? When did I lose myself in doing what I thought was good for me? And I realized that after raising my children, I didn't know what I liked to eat. I didn't wear makeup. I didn't know how to put on. I didn't have earrings. I, I didn't know nothing. So I began to one day at a time, I went back to the market. And then I just looked around and I found out I like little cuisines. I didn't never cook spaghetti and meatballs for my children. I found out that I love spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> I made macaroni and cheese. I made hamburgers patties and I made meatloaf, but I never made a meatball. And I was just <laughs> trying things and and I loved those meatballs and putting cheese and so many different things. The same types of food, but I was cooking it in a different way. And mm -hmm. little portions of little things of rice and little things of noodles and Chinese food and stuff. I never had a pizza in my life and really until I got grown. I didn't know what mm -hmm. pizza. I mean, that was something I couldn't afford. So it was never nothing I reached for. So if it was meat and salt, I made it for my children in a big way. Mm -hmm. Hamburgers, okay, that pepperonis. I really never had a pepperoni. Well, here I am in my 40s and I'm eating my first pizza. Wow. I love them. I love pizza. <laughs> I That's like Papa John's. I like Lido's. I love it. That's and so I funny to hear, Grandma, because like literally that's like kids' favorite food. So something something that's always been so present in my life wasn't the norm for you until you were older than I am right now. Yes. Yes. Wow. And so when I listen to you talk about finding out what it is that you actually want to do and finding out the things that you actually like to do in life and how that contributes to the joy that you have, that's something that I take away just as like just as your grandchild, I, it means a lot to me to, to have people around me, to have elders around me who, who know what they want and who know who they are. It pushes me to want to know who I am and to, to, to always push to know what it is that I actually want to do. Um, because as I hear you talk, doing what you want to do, to me, that sounds, it sounds like a purposeful life. It sounds like a very intentional life. It sounds like taking control of your life and not just letting life happen to you. Um, and That's I just, keep up what you said, not mm -hmm. letting life happen to you. Yeah. At 1975, I had four kids, no husband, raised them all by myself as, as ever since 1970 something. Well, 72 Chucky was born. 
And three years later, 1975, I started cooking for homeless people and didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that I had couldn't afford a Thanksgiving dinner. So when I could afford one, and for my four kids, I cooked twice. I said, Lord, I'm going to cook food exactly the way I cook it for myself, but I'm going to give half of the way to homeless people. And we didn't have homeless people like we have today in mm-hmm. groups. I sent my son, your uncle, to the curb on the place where we live. And I said, go stand on that corner. And you tell anybody, say, my mother cooked Thanksgiving dinner. Do yep. you want a dinner? I have been cooking homeless food. The last time we was out, before the pandemic hit, I served 110 dinners. Mm-hmm. We had pork chops, turkey. Well, you know how I cook. Yep. All this food. And been cooking that. It's been over 40, over about 44 years now. And you taught us that too, Grandma. You took us around as kids at, for Thanksgiving. We would all get in the cars and we would hand out plates of food. We would just drive around like yes. just like the inner city where we knew yes. there were a lot of homeless people. And we would just pass out food to people, to just anybody. And we would, uh, you, you always taught us also to do things with quality. So we had the paper plate. We had the food, we had, it was wrapped up in foil, but you told us, you said, make sure you put a napkin, a fork, a knife, a spoon in there. And then we put it in um, like a grocery bag and tied it up. And then we gave, I think we used to give them like bottles of drinks or something yes, like that as well. So right. you, you you told us to to take pride in it. You didn't just put stuff together. You've, you've made plates for people who are less fortunate the same way you would make a plate for me. That's so right. grandma... We've got just a few minutes. I want to take I want to take the last part of our segment. One to thank you for being here and for doing this. I thank um, you for thinking about me, Grandma. I'm thankful for you because um, I feel like so many people in our family are worried about me sometimes being so far from home because I'm a woman. I feel like um, you make me feel empowered to be a woman when I when I hear you tell the stories about the restaurant that you owned about how even in your 70s now you still you teach you go to uh, your local school and you're you're a teacher um you still feed the homeless um you you do so much you still teach sunday school you so many people depend on you for so much and you just show up you show up for people and it makes me want to show up for people more than a singer more than anything any task i could do any skill i could have i really want to be a good person and I want to serve God and I want to serve people. And so much of that stems from me watching the life that you have lived for all these years. I'm thankful for you. Thank you for raising all your four kids. Thank you for uh, teaching them how to raise me and my sister and my cousins. I'm grateful for you, grandma. All right. I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands 
at Macy's.com or in store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in store. All right. So I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14 karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual essential for women, 18 plus multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women. 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food. Everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Here we go. Third thing. Uh, 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 one. 
I got my girl Lisa on, who you know from the podcast, but maybe you're a new listener and you don't know, but she's been on before. We also did a special series together called Outweigh, which covered disordered eating and eating disorders. And really, we just both strongly feel that a life without disordered eating outweighs everything. And we're super excited that we will be doing a season two of that. So more to come when we get closer to that. But I have gotten some DMs from people where Outweigh has really helped them and stirred up a conversation within themselves about body image and relationships to food. And they hope that we'll do a season two. So Lisa and I have talked and we are, but that's not why she's here today. I actually subscribed to her newsletter, which you can sign up for. Her website is thewellnecessities.com. And then on Instagram, she's at thewellnecessities. But I love, love, love your newsletters, Lisa. They are always gold. You know, sometimes you sign up for newsletters and you're like, ugh, why'd I do this? Unroll me. But not with Lisa's. And she sent one out the other day and it was titled Negative Nancy No More. And honestly, kind of came at the right time for me because I really feel I was a little bit negative Nancy. So it was the perfect thing for me to see. So I thought, you know what? Lisa, I want you to come on and share with everybody your inspiration behind, you know, putting out that newsletter and why it's so important that we try to turn our thoughts the right direction and get rid of the negative Nancy. Yes. So thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. So this newsletter was titled Negative Nancy No More and how I try and live my life and what my brand is about is just mindfulness in general. But plot twist, most people who hear the word mindfulness think about meditating or a blissful state. But to me, mindful living means getting to know yourself and learning more about yourself so you can be your best caretaker. And a lot of that comes from taking care of your mind. So this newsletter in particular was about our thoughts and the power that they have over our well-being. Thoughts alone can change our entire chemistry. So when we are talking about the you know types of thoughts we have, this is not just about the mind. It's not just about anxiety. We're talking about the tension you hold in your body, the chemical state. And the truth is, is that to me, like just think happy thoughts is not something that I would, while I'm a positive person, I would never say to somebody, just think happy thoughts or kind of just like blind them with the bright side, for lack of a better word there, because that's disingenuine to who I am. And I know when I'm in a funk or feeling something, the last thing that works is somebody telling me, you know, to just get over it or, you know, kind of making light of the negative. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Like, it does not help to... I almost feel like sometimes if you're feeling in the funk, you need to recognize those feelings too because they're valid. But then we can't stay stuck there. Exactly. So just to kind of like explain that, you know, the the point of Nancy No More was not just think happy thoughts. You know, I never want to invalidate someone else's or my own feelings. Because really what this is about is recognizing that all of your thoughts are real. All of them are valid, even the negative ones. But the important distinction here is that not all of your thoughts are true. And when we recognize that not all of them are true, we have begun to fuse ourselves. But we have thoughts, we are listening. But hey, if our thoughts aren't true, maybe I should take a second and hear my thoughts and really question them, bring curiosity into it. 
So, Amy, for a long time, I had anxiety. Like, if you asked me who I am, it was like, I'm Lisa and I have anxiety. That is who I am. And I was telling my husband this past week, you know, it's so interesting because it was such a part of my identity. And now, don't get me wrong, I get anxiety, but I'm not anxiety, right? So a big part of that came from really starting to listen to the voices in my head and interrupting the cycles, especially the negative feedback loops that we bring ourselves into by not saying go away, you know, negative thoughts, but rather observing, listening, and bringing curiosity to them. This was inspired by an online mindfulness course that I took back in June with Tara Brock and Jack Cornfield, who are like huge leaders in the mindfulness space. And Tara basically said that we do a lot of thinking as humans. We actually have 60,000 thoughts a day. So that's a lot of thoughts going through our head every day. But The plot twist here is that 98% of those are actually the same thoughts as the day before. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so it's the same boring thoughts over and over again, majority of which are negative. So does that feel like right for you? Like, do you find yourself ruminating on the same things? I mean, I know for me, I latch on to the negative far easier than I latch on to the positive. Yeah, I think that I, yes, can latch on to a story that is not true, which can lean negative for sure. My story that I make up for myself always seems to be this drastic scenario that probably is so far from true, but I've made it true. Kind of like you were saying, the thought is probably not true. My friend and I talked about even making bracelets. You know, my daughter Stashira makes these cute little espoir bracelets and I might go dig into her bead box and pull out Mm -hmm. the letters for not true and cute little beads and make me Mm -hmm. and some of my girlfriends bracelets that I can pass Mm -hmm. out. And literally that way, when you have those thoughts, you can look down at your wrist and see a cute little reminder that says not true. Right. That's that's powerful. It's really powerful. And what is not true about it? Can you share with us? For me, it is something I have made up and I don't know why necessarily I go negative, but I know that it's a common thing for a lot of people to do. Do you know why we do it? Yeah. So, well, according to Tara, the reason that we fixate on the negative is basically comes from what we needed to do to survive as humans. So historically, we've lived through periods where we were in imminent danger all the time, whether an animal was attacking us or, you know, we were in some sort of life danger where we may not survive. We were constantly on alert and we were on alert because we needed to be because we needed to stay on the, on the defense. So translation, keeping the negative in our minds of what could happen at all times kept us alive. Translation in the modern world, though, doesn't always pan out like that. And a lot of the things that we deem negative aren't actually, you know, helping us survive better. So First of all, having a little bit of like compassion for yourself that like, okay, you know, I'm not broken that I hold on to these negative memories and thoughts and conditioned to do so is a really helpful way to kind of just start moving and wiggling away from the shame associated with, oh, I'm such a negative person, right? You're conditioned to remember the negative as a way to protect yourself, whether that's you've experienced some sort of trauma 
keeping in mind that I think, in my opinion, trauma doesn't need to be the obvious. Trauma can show up in little ways in our life and have lasting impact. Um, And we may kind of close ourselves off as a way to protect ourselves, basically. The good news is, is that we don't have to live like that anymore. And we, our mind, just like our bodies, in my opinion, like they have our back. And helping me recognize that helped me begin to break free from this. So I think the question is, how do we begin to get out of our own way, especially when we feel the negativity deep into our bones, when we may even feel fearful to move away from the negative thinking because we've been kind of glued to it for so long. And I think this is kind of where you come in every day, Amy, and it's choosing joy and gratitude because that creates space and room for new thoughts that are not necessarily the thoughts that replay over and over again. Yeah, and I've said before and a million times, and Brene Brown is so good at explaining a lot of this, but there is no joy without gratitude. So if you're wondering, like, how do I get the joy? It's practice of gratitude and sitting down and thinking of what you're thankful for. And it doesn't even have to be some crazy, profound list of things you're thankful for. When you agree, it can be like the smallest things in life too. It's really just about looking up because when you're going through a storm, whether it's a bad day or a bad month or a bad six months since we've all been in this, you're so glued to the negative state and your chemistry changes. But when you look up from the place that you've just kind of, and I mean this literally and figuratively, many of us are glued to our phones where the negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions stem from. When you look up, get in nature, you know, find the littlest thing to be thankful for, find joy in something so silly. Yes, it's so much easier than you think. And there's freedom in that moment because you've broken free from this way that you think you have to be. Yeah, and there I saw a study, I wish I would have you know, jotted it down real quick, but I was reading through this article and I saw that if you're feeling down, not clinical type depression, but you're just feeling depressed in a way, you're not yourself. Oh, One of yeah. the first things that the article was saying to ditch was social media and your phone, just for a little bit. Not that you have to let go yeah. of it forever, but take a step back from it, maybe just for a week or so and see if you feel rejuvenated and you feel better. And Lisa, I know I I just thought of this when we were talking about it. And so I thought, well, maybe she can speak to this too, because you've done that. Like you are very intentional about putting your phone away whenever you're getting off. Let's just use Instagram. For example, do you get off your phone completely? Do you delete the app? Like, how do you... Keep yourself so, committed yeah. to staying off of it. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm a very a huge proponent of what I call phone-free breaks, where I personally turn my phone off. That does not mean that I'm not digital at all. Um, oftentimes when I do these phone-free breaks, I'm still working from my computer. But the point is, is that perfection isn't the goal here. And so whatever you need, tap into that. For me, turning my phone off completely rejuvenates me. Um, I just came off of a five-day phone-free detox, if you will, or phone-free break. And I can't tell you how rejuvenated I feel. And all of your fears from moving away from it vanish because your life outside of it fills up so quickly. And it, it just, you make space to be yourself again and to remember that the world is not just social media in particular. Well, and I think just a small helpful practice because I know that most people may not do this. The biggest thing for my well-being has been to, this is a recent practice for me and I'm, I'm not, Amy, you might already do this. I now sleep with my phone in the other room. It's in my bathroom actually. No, I don't, but maybe I should 
start doing that. Yeah. So I've been sleeping with my phone in my bathroom for about a month. And I mean, even before this, the second best thing I've done for myself is I don't scroll before bed. Having just some boundaries, I think, are really important. And so many people are focused on the morning routine. What's the first thing you do when you wake up? But in my opinion, it's what, what are you doing before you go to bed? And for me, the most important thing is to put that phone away, stop, you know, looking at what other people are doing, take the attention off of others and bring that time back to myself, whether it's reading a book or just laying in bed diddling my thumbs for 10 minutes before bed. There's nothing more powerful than making a little bit of space from it. Okay, well, just to recap, our thoughts are super powerful and we can change the story, right? Like we don't have to live in the repeat cycle of the lies. What is it that you tell yourself when you've got something not true replaying in your head? So it's a little bit different than your approach and it takes a little bit more stillness. And I bring curiosity to that feeling, to that negative feeling. So when I feel myself being angry, whether it's at myself or someone else, that kind of, that's an emotion that reads really bad in my body. It doesn't make me feel like me. So it takes a little bit more skill, but when you bring curiosity to that thought that's not true, you can gain some wisdom from it. Why are you cycling in that? Okay, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of being rejected or being hurt, of being taken advantage of? What is that deep fear you really have? And when you get to the bottom of that, you find a compassion and softness for yourself that you didn't know was there. And you begin to really reshape not just your relationship to yourself, but break free from that cycle once and for all. Keeping in mind that things can totally re-trigger that habit and, and create that neural pathway again where you're going down that negative feedback loop. But when you really dig deep and get curious with it, you'd be surprised what emerges. Yeah. And the the triggers, I know you mentioned this earlier. So I just want to say when it comes to trauma, yeah, there's, we talked about this last week when Catherine was on the podcast, there's big T's and there's little T's. So there's little traumas that could be happening all the time, but maybe you wouldn't really define those as traumas until you've learned that, yeah, they actually are. (laughs) There's just not, it may not be this big, crazy life experience, but it's still things that are affecting you. Um, so just, I love being more aware and, and learning things from my friends and things that they're doing to stay positive and keep a healthy mind and practice gratitude and try to you know, spread joy and choose joy themselves. So Lisa, thank you for coming on to share with us. And I'll just give people a heads up. You're going to be on next week too, because I'm going to have you come back and talk about going filter free on on Instagram because filters are a tricky thing. And I agree with so much of your position on filters and what you're doing for yourself. So I want to dig more into that and help some listeners out too, in case they're struggling with the whole filter thing. But thank you, Lisa. And I hope people go check you out, follow you on Instagram. It's at the well necessities. Thank you. So I have Morgan number two joining me for this thing this because so exciting. how old are you, Morgan number two? I'm 26, about to turn 27 in October. Okay. So she's the youngest member on the Bobby Bone Show. And most of us are sort of similar in age. And then Morgan was the young. I mean, Ray used to kind of be young and then Morgan came in. And so when she first joined the show, she was 24 and we would do a segment, what a 24-year-olds care about. Now it's what a 25-year-olds care about. And now you're 26. 
six. Yeah. It's crazy that you've been with us that long. So I'm excited to have you on just to talk about joy and happiness and gratitude for your age group and things that y'all are doing, especially during a pandemic to stay happy and sane. And I don't know. I'm just curious to see if it looks a lot. I know I have listeners that range from kids in high school to 60 years old. So, but I don't often get some young blood on here. (laughs) Ooh, which speaking of blood, this is random, but were you into Twilight? Yes, I love Twilight. I did you read, read the new book, The Midnight Sun? Oh, there's another one? Is it a prequel it or dropped. something? I, I don't know where it falls in the line of things, but yes, I've seen and read all the books. Oh, well, I have no, I did not read the books, which I, some of my friends are shocked by because my friends that loved Hunger Games, which I did, loved Twilight too, but mm-hmm. I never got into it for some reason. And recently we watched the movies as a family. All and of them? Uh, almost. There's okay. five. I think We've so, watched yeah. almost all of four. Sometimes we can't even get a whole movie in. We'll just start. <laughs> a movie before bed and we get 30 minutes before the kids have to go to bed and I only watch it with them but it made me, when when you said blood it made me think of blood and <laughs> I'm at this part now where Bella was like anyway Vampires, I don't want to give anything yeah. away but there was blood and she was like drinking out I was like what's happening <laughs> but that's very new to me but Twilight was probably your like how old were you oh, when that yeah. came oh my out gosh, so your I, wheelhouse I want to say I was in middle school when they first started coming out because I still vividly remember going to the movie theaters and waiting at midnight to go to the premiere of all of the movies because it was such a huge thing for people my age like that that was what we did was when they those movies came out you went and you were either team Edward or team Jacob yeah and and you would stand in line with all your So which were you? Because right now I'm team Jacob. I Edward was, creeps me out. <laughs> I was team Jacob at the beginning because I couldn't understand the idea of vampires for a long time. For whatever reason, that concept just did not sit well with me. As I got older, I became team Edward. Don't know why. Oh. But by the end of Breaking Dawn, which is the last movie that's split in two, I believe, you might turn team Edward. Okay. Well, maybe I will. I, my daughter wants to be a vampire now. I'm like, oh, great. This is awesome. I was so like, she's no vampires Edward. are not real. Stashura. <laughs> uh, she, I don't really know that she knows the whole team, whatever. Again, it's new to them yeah. as well. So we, we miss that whole boat. So I'll just encourage any families listening, if you want something to watch with your kids, we've recently done all of Hunger Games movies, all of Divergent, all of Maze Runner, which Maze Runner was a recommendation for Morgan number two. My kids loved it. And then now we're doing Twilight. So it's all movies that were books that have multiple movies. And it's been fun. I'm like, what are we going to do next? If anybody has suggestions, I'll take them. Which speaking of shows, like what has been bringing you the most joy lately? I mean, I I watch it on repeat and it's New Girl. It makes me so happy. And I still, I think I've watched the show like five or six times through at this point. And I still LOL, like sitting in bed and I just, start laughing out loud and I'm like why does this show still make me laugh and but it's so funny and it's such a good show and it's perfect for people in their 20s because it is everything that you're going through and it's like it's like a modern day friends is really what it is it's a girl who lives with three four different guys and they just go through life together and adult things that happen to them but they're like trying to navigate it and they're not very good at it and they're just best friends that show is probably like my favorite show ever but always always if I need a good laugh or need to forget things I put on new girl are you millennial yeah okay you're millennial but I'm a millennial but I was born in 1981 and then you're 1993 three so I'll say millennial so what are millennials doing during this time to maintain friendships relationships because I feel like bonding with people or connecting with people we're made Mm -hmm. to connect and it's just so hard but that brings happiness so what are you doing 
It is hard. And I, I mean, I can speak to that. I live by myself. So like I really am all alone when I don't see you guys at work and my family's not here. So I think the thing about Corona that's been crazy is that it's been a blessing in disguise and that I've actually been better about connecting with my friends because I am home more. So I'm better about texting relationships with my friends. I'm better about FaceTiming when I have, you know, I'm just sitting at home and I'm really bored and I just start FaceTiming, like shooting off a bunch of FaceTimes with people. But also like my friends and I have started connecting more like we'll just to be safe like we'll go on a social distanced walk or we'll jump in cars and we'll kind of like go sit at Sonic and talk to each other we kind of like got back to the roots of connecting I would say instead of just getting together to have drinks and going out yeah and and, and you, you got back to like really the root of getting to just hang out and like talk with your friends we do a lot of that now and I think my friendships are stronger than they've ever been because of that you know we've gotten to a point of of just making sure we're always checking in on each other too like I'll always just text like hey you doing okay today or if I know something's going on or if I'm like haven't heard from him in a while let me make sure that they're still doing as well as they can be doing right now Mm -hmm. so I, I would say that biggest thing is that we're just checking in on each other we're being really aware that we're all going through a really tough time right now and nobody's going through the same thing but it's all hard and so we're just checking on each other constantly you know even like Hillary on the show she knows I live by myself and she'll be like you, you okay? You okay today? Is there something going on? Um, I haven't heard from you. I haven't talked to you. And I'm like, I'm good. Just really busy. But but just knowing that she's checking on me is like a comfort in itself. Yeah. For somebody who like any of your friends that live alone or if they're away from family and they can't be with their family right now. But that'd be the biggest thing I would say that we're all doing for each other right now is just being really good about checking in. And then what are you doing for yourself? Your mental well-being. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A whole other ball game, but um, I go on a lot of walks with my dog, and I just jam out to music. Music is like a huge outlet for me. I'll put together like all different kinds of playlists. It's a girl power playlist, or uh, I really want to cry today playlist, or all country music, or whatever I feel in that moment. I throw a playlist together, and I either go on a super long drive, pick up some Taco Bell on the way, and just kind of have some time to myself in the car driving around or I'll take my dog on a walk and just like watch her play around and seeing her play brings me happiness like she's so happy she doesn't even know what's going on in the world and she's just playing in the fields like it's no big deal so between those two things that's what I'm doing probably at least two or three times a week there's something about going for a drive and like putting the window down. And I was driving with the whole family the other day. We went on a hike. And then on the way back, we were just, I felt so good. Like we were out connecting with nature and just (laughs) breathing in the fresh air. And so when we were driving back home, like a good song came on the radio and I wanted to roll down the windows and stick my arm out and feel the wind. (laughs) And Stevenson, my son's in the back seat. And he's like, mom, mom, get your arm back inside. It's dangerous. (laughs) And my arm was not sticking out further than the side mirror. Yeah. But he just had not really, you know, seen that. I'm like, buddy, roll down your window. Try the same thing. Like, it feels awesome. And trust me, you're safe. Like, as long as your arm isn't out further than that, dad or mom, Mm -hmm. we're not going to drive anywhere to where you're unsafe and you're going to hit something with your arm. If we are, then there's a problem. But he did it and we all rolled on our window and we all started singing and it was just this moment. I mean, doing it alone is great too. Mm -hmm. There's something about like a drive by yourself and the windows down, but 
that was our first Windows Down family sing-along. And I thought, okay, sometimes when my house gets a little nutty and stressed out, I think I might just load everybody up in the car and put on a song and roll on the windows. And we're going to drive around until everybody can chill out. There's something to be said about that, you know, alone or just there's something that people can connect to music and driving around in the car. What song is your jam right now? It's called Good Times Roll by Nelly and Jimmy Allen. Oh, I've never heard it. So good. I put it on when I get in the car, when I go to the gym, all my walks. I have it on repeat. I think I've probably been the reason for all of their streams. It's so bad. It's on constant repeat. And it's a it's like one of those songs that's puts you in a really good mood. And I think that's why I like it so much. It's because it's just it's the perfect vibe for anything that you're doing. I've never heard it either. So I'm gonna play a little clip for people right now in case they're curious what it here sounds like. And that way I can know too. Because maybe people will need to download it yes. if they're going on walks or working out or taking drives. So here's a clip. And so what about dating for you during this pandemic? For 26-year-old, I know online dating is very normal. For some of our listeners, it still seems so weird because they Mm -hmm. may be in a generation ahead of us a little bit to where I feel like my age group, we kind of got in at the ground floor. Like I did eHarmony when I was 23, 24, and it still felt so weird. Yeah. And I remember Bobby was doing Match.com and it still felt weird, but that was 15, 16 years ago. So now there's nothing that would feel weird about it. If I was single, I don't think I would think twice about it because it's the norm. But it's got to be hard wanting to have that connection. We can't really go out on dates. Yeah. So do you ever have moments where you're like, why am I even trying to connect online? I don't know if I'm going to be able to meet this person. Or what's that been like for you? Because I know I have a lot of listeners that are single too, and they may want to know how you're navigating it. The hard part for me was like, you know, I'd used to go out with my friends, whether it was bar or restaurant or whatever, and you'd meet people that way. And you'd be like, hopefully I'll end up meeting somebody here. Your hope, you know, when you go online dating, you hope you end up meeting somebody in person, but you're giving yourself more chance by online dating, right? You're just putting eggs in different baskets. So they're not all into one. So when you go out with your friends, you're hoping you meet someone and stuff. So like doing the online dating, I think is the only way I feel connected to that part of my life right now. If I if I weren't on apps or something, I'd feel even more alone than I already do because I wouldn't even be trying to put myself out there. You know, like that online dating has had a little bit of a sense of a security for me because it's like, at least I'm still putting myself out there. I, I might not be able to meet anybody in person, but at least I'm still trying, right? So I appreciate the online dating during this time because of that. I haven't done any virtual dates. I feel like FaceTime is so personal that you really just do it with your best friends, right? So doing it with a stranger that you're meeting for the first time. What about a Zoom date? (laughs) Same thing. It's like FaceTime, right? And you're like watching him and you know, it's just awkward. It's almost like if you're on a work call, that's what those feel like. And some of my friends have done them and they're just like, I will never do that again. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Well, if someone were to want to take the plunge and finally download a dating app, like which one do you recommend? Because I have no idea. I would say Hinge. Hinge is the most, well, I 
I go back and forth between Hinge and Bumble. Bumble's great because the girls have to message first. So it changes things up, you know, and you might have guys that are more confident because they're allowing women to message him first. Different type of guys. But Hinge is also a good one because it's more of the serious dating and that's just mutual. Whoever messages first is whoever's first. But it's more serious. Don't don't be on Tinder. I'm telling you, it's like not the app you want to be on. It's all about hookups. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah it's just That not. one's not going to bring you a lot of joy. No, it's really not. Don't be on that one. Um, but yeah, Hinge or Bumble, I think, are both safe bets. And depending on the city, so I say you download both and, and you see which one works better in your city. See what happens. Yeah. Okay. I saw this article that was a survey of people over 65. And I guess that's the age that people are considered old, which if you're 65 and listening to this, I'm not saying that the article is because <laughs> I don't think that that's old. In fact, my dad's 78. And until he had his stroke and some his cancer scare the last couple of years, he was so young. Now he's almost, in my experiences with him, seems super elderly, like 90. But bef- like two years ago, three years ago, he was 75, but 60, maybe. Like he was not mm-hmm. old. So I just want to make that clear. Like you're not old. But they interviewed people over 65 and they shared the 10 best things about getting older. And so I thought I would share with you some of oh, them since I, you're yeah. 26 and you're still young that we could go over. Like as we age, I think when I was 26, I thought I had a lot figured out. I feel like you're way more mature than I was at 26, even though I was newly married and probably trying to be a mom. But there's something about you that's very mature, which I think is Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So at 26, are you scared of 30? I wouldn't say I'm scared. I guess I'm I'm not scared of the age. I'm scared of what comes with the age. Okay. Does that make sense? Like Like responsibilities or wrinkles? (laughs) I mean, both really. No, just more that like, you know, as you get older, your life changes. And, And right now I'm having so much fun that like by the time I'm 30, I imagine that I'm hopefully trying to get married or potentially married and trying to have kids or whatever. And I just, I think about where I'm at now compared to that. I'm like, my whole life is just going to be basically a whole 180. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I'm more afraid of what that will be into and where I'll but be not at the in my number. life. Not the number itself. Yeah. So for me, I'll say that 30 was awesome. But as I get closer to 40, it's even more. It's not as scary as I thought. I used to think, oh, 40 is so old. And it's just not. So that's my encouragement to you oh. as a young person. Person and any other young person listening. And I think that and someone older and wiser than me would tell me, yeah, just wait till you're 50. It's amazing. Wait till you're 60. It's so awesome. And that's kind of what I got from this survey and this list that, you know, the best things about getting old are, especially if you're between 65 and 77, they say you have more free time because you're possibly retired. But I just want to encourage people too that are in the thick of it and like the prime of their career or maybe still trying to figure things out and go, go, go all the time. I feel like, don't you feel like since we have phones and computers, we're Mm -hmm. always tied and connected to work and being busy seems like a good thing. But I just want to encourage people too to create more free time for yourself just to play. Well, and even just like shutting off for one hour, right? Like you talked about going on a hike with your family. Hikes are so fun and you get so disconnected from the world yeah or a walk or whatever but just turn off your phone and be like I'm not gonna pay attention for one hour Mm -hmm. and that one hour you're gonna be like okay I'll do this for like five hours this is great yeah 
Well, I love that getting older, you'll have more free time. But I feel like as young people, and I still consider myself you young. Are. Yes, yes, you are. We need to create more free time for mm-hmm. ourselves. Then one of the other things that's awesome about being older is not feeling pressure to do anything you don't want to do. And I'm like, why do we have to wait till we're 77? <laughs> not having FOMO. Yeah, Mary and I joke that we want to make Jomo shirts, which is the joy of missing out. Yeah, are I don't you, really get FOMO. Are you FOMO. at the phase now where you're where you have Jomo rather than FOMO? Yes. Okay, so but that's I don't something know. to look forward but to. But are you extrovert or introvert? I can be both. I, I'm more extrovert. My personality is more yeah. extrovert. But I definitely have FOMO. Like if my friends are doing something, I'm like, oh, dang, I, I need to be doing something. Instead of just sitting at home binging a TV show. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. I'm an introvert, but I am extroverted for my job. So I really have to have that recovery time. To like get away from mm-hmm. all the social activities. And just be alone. And I'm never alone anymore. But family. And I wanted kids and I want that. So it's fine. The, one of the other amazing things about getting older is having grandchildren. We're a little far off from that. Finding pleasure in the little things. We should not have to wait till 77 for that. Realizing there's more to life than work. Okay, yes, we Mm -hmm. need to be into that. Wearing clothes for comfort, not style. Mm, I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) (laughs) It might take me till 77 to figure out that I don't. There's some days though where both of us come in and we have our yoga pants. Oh, I'm wearing them right now. Yeah, like I'm just saying, but heels and yeah, coronavirus has really helped my back. I did do an intense round of pickleball tournaments that my back is hurting now, but I realized my back was getting better and I couldn't really figure out exactly why. And it's because we're not getting dressed up for work anymore. I was wearing boots with a heel Mm -hmm. almost every day. And then now I'm wearing tennis shoes every day and my back is better. Maybe you can find some like, aren't they like the sneaker heel kind of things? Like a platform sneaker? Yeah, kind of. I kind of have them on right now. Yeah, but there's not a heel. (laughs) There's just like a, they're they're taller. Yeah, It's not (laughs) sneaker heel. Another thing on the list was not caring anymore what other people think. I feel like you're good at that, but I could be wrong. But at what age do you think you, because I mean, I think as girls, especially, we often care too much Mm -hmm. about what people think. Do you still struggle with that? Or where's there an age where you realize like, hey, I'm just not going to start caring? I mean, I think you hit it just as as women. I think we're naturally always going to have that just even a little bit, even if it's not, you know, overpowering. For the most part, I don't care. But then everybody has their moments where they're like, oh, I care what people see about me. I know we care too much. But I mean, I just... I didn't know if you had a moment where you thought, I'm just not going to do this anymore. But I think let's not wait any longer on that. We need to stop caring so much Mm -hmm. and trying to conform to what we think other people expect of us. Even harder, too, is social media now because you're on Instagram and you're constantly comparing yourself to everybody else. So I realized when I stopped looking so much at other people and wanting to be other people is when I did start to stop caring as much. Oh, I love that. Uh, finally having a clear idea of what's important in life, which I do think that there takes age and wisdom Mm -hmm. with that. And as you age, different things become important. Number nine, all the discounts. (laughs) (laughs) So when we're older, we get the discounts. And then, uh, lastly, not always having to worry about the future. Yeah, because I guess there's not that much of it ahead. Yeah. I don't like that one very much. But you know, it's funny that it says it too, because my my grandma, she passed away this year. But before that, she would always just death was so matter of fact to her. You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, one day I'll, I won't be here anymore. And it was no big deal. And I was like, please stop saying that to us. It was it's this whole ordeal because you have so many years. But to them, they're like, I don't know. I mean, I'm here and I've lived a great life and whatever happens is going to happen. So it's kind of funny that that's on there. I feel like 
and, and most older people that I meet are so matter of fact about that. Just it is what it is. I'm ready when I'm ready. My dad has become a little bit like that. And again, it's weird because he was not like that a few years ago. But now it is seems like a very real reality because we've had scary moments. And then with coronavirus, and he's definitely has a compromised immune system. I get super worried. He lives in assisted living, so I can't really control who he's always coming in contact with, although they've been amazing. But he did. He literally said that to me last Wednesday, just really nonchalantly. Like, well, you know, he's like, if I die, I need to make sure that this happens. And he just said it like he was telling me about a TV show we just saw that he liked. And I thought, Dad, you're not going to die. But then also, I need to be prepared that that could be... He's not having to worry about the future, even though he was expressing something he wanted me to take care of if he passed away. Yeah. That's probably the hardest thing about getting older. You know, back to the realizing that as we age, like being scared of being 30 or being Mm -hmm. scared of being 40. Well, if I'm 30 and then I'm 40, again, I'm okay with it. But that also means people in my life that are older than me are 70, 80, 90, Mm -hmm. 100. And I'm sorry about your grandma. I know that that was hard, too. No, for I you. appreciate that. But um, it, 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 there was some comfort in knowing that she was ready for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's weird. And it was always weird hearing her saying that. But I look at it now and I'm like, she she knew what was right and what was going to come. And she was prepared and she loved her life before that. So, And she's someone that you feel like you have different nuggets from her that you'll take oh, with yes. you? Oh, yeah. And, and my grandpa's still here. And we, you know, we talk and we still talk about her stories and she was just so feisty and she had just such this spitfire personality and I 100% believe that is part of my life every day. It's hard but you know you you cherish the memories and she I mean she even we found out that my my dad and his siblings were going through like her stuff for my grandpa and she had left she used to carry like these not handkerchiefs but kind of like little things that older people used to carry with them all the time, kind of like little cloths or whatever. And she has four of them and she put them safe tucked away in this treasure chest and they found it. And she had written a note that she wanted it for all of her grandchildren. And she said who and what, like she was planning. She knew Mm -hmm. that it was coming and she wanted to make sure that all of her kids had this one really important memory for her that we knew we'd recognize her by kind of thing. And I thought that was really awesome because she, she knew, you know, she knew how to leave behind the best memories for us, even when she was gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I often wondered with grandparents is different because they're older, but certain times in your life, like when I lost my mom, she was definitely too young. She could have had many more years if she hadn't had cancer. And I thought we were there when she took her last breath and I was thinking, is this better watching your mom slowly die for a week or if do you want to just get a phone call that poof, it's over? I still don't know the answer to that. And I feel like everybody's personalities are different. But there is something about being able to to plan it out and prepare people. I think I would choose that knowing. And because my mom was able to plan a little bit and be a part of her end of life celebrations and stuff and put her opinion in. But it makes me, your story about the handkerchief too makes me think of an article I read just the other day about a dad that had cancer and his little girl was maybe, I don't know, five or six at the time. And he went ahead and prepaid uh, for flowers to be delivered to her on her birthday till she was 21. And this year was her 21st birthday. And she and it was the final one. And each flowers were delivered with a card that he had handwritten out. So he went that many years, mm-hmm. got 
cards, wrote her notes, and he said, this is your 21st birthday, and this is the final flowers you're going to get for me. I guess that's where he had cut it off, which seems appropriate. And yeah. he just had this heartfelt message to her. And I thought, okay, wow, that's, that's a circumstance in which it's really cool that he got to think ahead and he knew he didn't have much time left and he was able to give her that, which I'm sure every year was really hard when she got the flowers, but also so thankful that her dad took the time to think of that. And it probably also brought her a lot of peace and comfort and happiness and sure she was grateful for it too. Oh yeah. And how how do you not just have that memory every year? And it's probably even going to be hard that she won't get them moving forward. I know. You know, to to think about that, but just that's a special memory to get every year. I don't know how we got here to where we need, I need your grandma's hanky now to wipe my eyes. (laughs) Sometimes, I mean, you you know, you said this whole thing was about joy and sometimes finding joy means dealing with your sadness, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and after my grandma passed and things that you've been through, I think we can both test to that, that the only way we got back to being happy again or finding joy in things again was dealing with that sadness and being okay with it. Mm -hmm. And still having moments, even in all the joy that you'll have, you'll have moments where you'll cry and need to cry it out. You know, if you numb other feelings that you have, you're not going to feel the the joy that comes along with it's like the yin and the yang. Yeah, I feel like they go hand in hand. And it's like a fake joy. You know, you can't you can't really embrace full on happiness until you just recognize that you're going to have all the other emotions and you have to live with them. But you have to really live with them so you can continue to have the really good ones. Yeah. And if you're really having a tough day processing them, then you need to put on Jimmy Allen and Nelly and get in your car (laughs) and roll down the window and go for a drive. (laughs) Yes, exactly that. Well, thanks for coming on, Morgan. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know I call you Morgan number two because that's you on the show, but out of respect, being more than a Morgan number two. Thank you for coming on, Morgan. Thank you for having me. And y'all can find her on Instagram. She's at webgirlmorgan. Ah, summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. 
That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 